Hello, Gator Nation, and welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Albaverde, staff writer for the Lake City Reporter. Home opener, which is really ex- exciting for us, obviously, getting the swamp, getting in front of our fans, uh, get out here, go play. Um, we do have an exciting weekend planned here in Gainesville, so you have the uh, the tribute to uh, to George Edmondson, Mr. Two Bits. I know we're encouraging all our fans to wear their Mr. Two Bits yellow T-shirts uh, for the game, which would be a pretty cool scene to look up and see if everybody's in those to see that around the stadium. Be really exciting and should be uh, should be a really neat deal and a tribute, uh, you know, to him and his family. So that was Florida coach Dan Mullen looking forward to Saturday's home opener against UT Martin. That game will be at 7:30 p.m. in the Swamp on ESPNU. Hope you guys are ready for week two of the college football season. On today's episode of Locked On Gators, we're going to look at five things to watch in the swamp on Saturday against UT Martin. We'll discuss Mullen's thoughts on scheduling FCS teams. And lastly, we'll discuss the Skyhawks a little bit and a former Gator who will be making his return to Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. But let's start this thing out with five things to watch on Saturday. Now, most weeks, This will be five keys to the game. But since the Gators are playing UT Martin and they're favored by more than 40 points, which we'll talk about later on this episode, there aren't many keys to this game for the Gators. They would be able to come out there with their C game and still find a way to get this victory. But nonetheless, there are several things that these guys want to get accomplished on Saturday and some things that you guys should be watching for. I think the most important thing that UF has to do on Saturday is win the turnover battle. Now, that's obviously key each and every week. But after the issues that Florida had against Miami, this is an area that needs to be improved. Florida obviously had four turnovers in the game against the Hurricane, with Felipe Franks throwing for two interceptions. He and LaMichael Pirine putting the ball on the ground. Malik Davis fumbling as well. The Gators very fortunate that those turnovers did not cost them in that game, particularly the ones in the fourth quarter that Felipe threw. So that's something that has to look better this weekend. And when you consider the opponent, this is a defense that Florida should be able to take care of the ball against. Miscues can happen in the game, but against an FCS team and coming off a four turnover performance, Felipe Franks and this offense need to come out. They need to look sharp. They need to execute cleanly. And most importantly, they have to have ball security. They cannot put it on the ground, and Felipe cannot get himself in a situation where he's throwing picks. If he gets pressured like he did against Miami, he's just got to live to play another down and take those sacks. The fumble with LaMichael Pirine was a bit of a unique play as he was trying to pull it out and throw a pass to Grimes. But that's something that those guys say that they've learned from and they feel like is not going to happen again. But it's not just Florida taking care of the balls and not having any giveaways. They also need to try and get some takeaways. Miami put the ball on the ground against the Gators and they were not able to recover those fumbles. And there was also the play with Malik Davis where he had a chance to corral it. Nick Buchanan jumped on top of it and also had a chance to get it. And Mullen said this week that they were going to do fumbling drills in practice. So all across the board, Florida should be better in terms of not turning over the ball and trying to get some takeaways as well. A second item to watch on Saturday will be red zone scoring. As we remember, the Gators had that possession on the fumble where they were able to drive all the way down, had first and goal, and they get the turnover and walk away with no points. Now, it ended up not costing them against Miami, and if they have any missed red zone opportunities against UT Martin, it's obviously not going to cost them in this game. But regardless, you want to have that part of your offense down pat when Florida gets those opportunities against the Skyhawks, 
they got to make sure that they convert in the red zone against them and put it in the end zone. When they get down there inside the 20, they don't need to be settling for field goals against this team. They need to score early and often so they can put this game away. Another thing that I want to see on Saturday is Florida's rushing attack. Now, I mentioned yesterday some of the young backs. I think this could be a big game for Iverson Clement. But at the end of the day, Florida just needs to get more than 52 yards rushing. That was their output against the Hurricanes. Dan Mullen and co-offensive coordinator John Hevesy didn't seem to be concerned about that number. But once again, this is a week and this is a game where UF should be able to do big things on the ground. They have a bevy of backs that they can get into the rotation. So this could easily be a 200-plus yard performance against UT Martin. You'll have a chance to get P. Ryan some big plays, Davis some big plays, get some experience for the young guys, and just get it going in the ground game because they were not able to do that in their season opener. And another thing that they weren't able to do is tackle well. And that is without a doubt something to watch for in this game. Mullen and defensive coordinator Todd Grantham addressed it with the players during the bye week and throughout this past week in practice. The coaches had counted up all the missed tackles in that game. Mullen said it was a whole bunch. But one of the interesting things that he noted was that half of Miami's offensive yards were gained after contact, were gained after Florida had an opportunity to bring them down and weren't able to make the tackle. So this was a big point of emphasis for the staff. I'm sure when the players went back and watched the film, it was something that they saw and bothered them. So we'll see what the results are on Saturday. If Florida does a much better job in the tackling department, you got to think that these UT Martin players are going to be a lot easier to bring down than those Miami guys. But Florida just cannot let the Skyhawks get into a situation where they're able to pick up some first downs and extend drives just because Florida's defenders can't make the tackle. And last but not least, we want to see who all the freshman standouts are going to be on Saturday. We talked on yesterday's show about all the guys who could get into the game, some of the players that I'm looking forward to seeing. And because this is an FCS opponent, a lot of guys are going to get reps. If you are a true freshman and you just came in from the 19 class and you're definitely going to redshirt this year, but you are going to have the opportunity to play during the season, this is probably one of those games where you're going to see the field. So all the fans out there who kind of want to see a glimpse of the future and what it might hold, then the home opener is going to be for you because you're going to see so many freshmen out there who are playing for their first time in orange and blue, and you're going to see some guys at key positions. We're all waiting to see what Emory Jones and Jacob Copeland are going to look like, but you also have some young guys on the line of scrimmage who need to take advantage of these reps, and how they play against UT Martin could kind of shake out the second team on Florida's depth chart on the offensive line. And it's just as important that Florida get some depth in the secondary from their young DBs. So Elam, Hill, and Kimbrough, out of that freshman trio, who's going to stand out? That's something that I'll be watching for on Saturday. When we come back from this first break, we'll discuss where the Gators stand as far as scheduling FCS opponents and Mullen's comments about it this week. You're listening to Locked On Gators, your team every day. No House Advantage is taking an exciting new spin on daily fantasy sports. Instead of salary cap drafting, No House Advantage offers daily player prop contests. This platform levels the playing field, so you have a higher likelihood of winning here than when playing traditional fantasy sports contests. Each contest contains anywhere from 5 to 10 player props. For example, will Tua throw for more than 2 TDs? You simply select over under for each prop and rank each pick based on your confidence of it being correct. You'll earn points based on correct picks and compete against other players for cash prizes. I'm telling you guys, it's an extremely fun daily fantasy contest to play that you can actually win. No House Advantage offers contests across college football, NFL, 
MLB, NBA, college basketball, PGA, and NASCAR. Download No House Advantage from the App Store and use the code LOCKEDON to receive two free tokens when you purchase two tokens, a $10 value. That's code LOCKEDON to receive two free tokens when you purchase two. Certain state limitations may affect your ability to participate in paid contests. Welcome back into the second segment. If you are a Florida fan going into the game on Saturday, I'd be interested to know how you feel about the home opener being against UT Martin because it has been a big talking point in college football over the last few years with scheduling and the rise of home and homes and all these neutral site games to open the season. Many college football fans and media too would like to see games like this get wiped away. And while I certainly understand that sentiment, you'll hear from Mullen in this segment about Florida's philosophy on scheduling FCS opponents when they feel like it's necessary and why they do it. Now, Mullen has come out and said, along with Athletic Director Scott Strickland, that their goal is to play 10 Power 5 games every single season. That's what they're doing this year with Miami and Florida State on the schedule. That's what they want to do moving forward. And that's kind of setting a new standard in college football. And with the competition over strength of scheduling and all the top programs vying for one of those spots in the college football playoff, you're going to continue to see the sport trend more in that direction. And we've already seen Florida put in some groundwork for the future, scheduling matchups like Texas, Colorado, as well as the home-and-home series with South Florida. And that is the objective of Scott Strickland and Dan Mullen as well. They want to make sure that they're playing in these big-time games, and they're also giving fans some bang for their buck, especially the season ticket holders. And in a perfect world, you would have a season where you have 10 Power 5 games and then two weaker opponents that are FBS teams. The problem with that, that Mullen alluded to this week, Many of those lower-tier FBS teams are not jumping at the opportunity to come to the Swamp and play Florida. And that's just the reality of the situation. As they're trying to fill out their schedule and get some non-conference opponents, it's tough for schools like that to add an SEC team to your schedule. And sometimes you get in a situation where you have to go and attract some FCS teams with a big lump sum of money because that's going to give them the incentive to come and play in those games. But whether you're going to a game as a fan or a media member and you know that it's one of these kind of matchups, I just think you have to understand the situation going into it and what these games are for. When you have a gauntlet of a schedule like the SEC and you're playing non-conference opponents like Miami and Florida State, you have to have some teams on your schedule where you can take a step down. Now again, you would like it to not be against an FCS team, but there are some years where you just have to deal with it. Now last year, Florida played Idaho when they scheduled that game. Idaho was an FBS team, and then they dropped down. So that can happen sometimes too. I think the one thing that's important is that if you're a big-time school like Florida and you have games like this on your schedule, you better be making sure that the rest of your non-conference slate and your strength of schedule and the Power 5 teams that you're playing is up to par. Now, Florida's kind of in a unique situation compared to other teams because they have Florida State on their schedule every year. And aside from this Willie Taggart tenure, the Seminoles most year are a really good team, and the Gators get the benefit of playing FSU every year. And then when you have seasons where you open with Miami or Michigan, that only helps your cause. But there are other teams in the SEC and in the ACC that are going to have FCS teams on their schedule but then not have a marquee rivalry or some other big-time games at a conference that can make up for that. And as long as Mullen and Strickland continue on this path, 
and they can keep hitting that goal where they have 10 power five games most years, I think that's going to overshadow and outweigh the few times when they get matched up with an FCS team. But if you're a head coach or any coach on this staff, these games mean a lot for you. They allow you to have a little break in the competition, get some of your starters out early if you can get a big lead, and then get some valuable experience for your younger guys as you try to develop depth on your roster. So again, sometimes these games are a necessary evil, but as long as you're playing some marquee matchups, you're going to be okay if you're a team like Florida. Here were Mullen's comments this week on scheduling FCS teams. I'll be honest, not there's a lot of teams as we meet with Scott and we, you know, and he and I get together on, on some of those things and there are people that, you know, we try to get games. There's not a lot of people always jumping up and down to play us. Um, you know, within the situations that you have that are out there and um, of just how we schedule and what fits us. So that stuff happens, you know. I think last year we had it, right? We had Idaho. But when that game was scheduled, they were they – were, an FBS school, <laughs> you know, so uh, the scheduling is kind of different that way. But I, I think one of the things we've talked about, you know, this year is playing, trying to play 10 power five teams. Uh, you know, that's been kind of a little bit more of our discussions than, than, you know, who the other two teams are. Do you allow your players to look at it as an opportunity of everybody could play, potentially play? Well, I look at it as, are we playing to our standard? You know what I mean? Um, and if you look at certain things in game one, we did play to our standard. And in other things, we didn't play to our standard. Um, and are we playing to our standard of execution? You know what I mean? Our, our, our attitude, our belief on the sideline game one, our, our ability to make plays to win the game, we played to our standard in game one. Uh, was it as clean as we wanted to be? Um, no. Did we make some, some critical errors you know, with penalties, uh, with turnovers? Um, red zone scoring with the missed tackles. No, some of that wasn't to our standards. So are we cleaning those things up? That's That's been the biggest focus uh, to me of, um, you know, if you don't, if you, if you lose focus on those things, you know, if we're not improving and maximizing ourselves uh, within our performance and, and how we do and play to our standard, it'll catch up to you, you know, and you never know when it'll catch up to you. I mean, it could be this Saturday it catches up to us. Almost, you know, caught up to us in week one. We had, we had a great attitude and we, we had a, a mental toughness to find a way to win that game at the end um, and have to do it several times because we kept continued to make some mistakes that had us to have to win it another time and another time. But... You know, that, that's us is are we evaluating it and are we continue to improve and hopefully it doesn't catch up to us. Hopefully continue to improve where we find a way and we continue to play to our standard and improve our standard from one week to the next and we have a great season. When we come back from this last break, we'll preview the UT Martin game. I'll give my prediction and discuss some of the other college football games in week two. You're listening to Locked on Gators, your team every day. Everyone loves the comfort of their own home. But there's nothing like going to a game and being a fan in the stands. And whether you're looking for seats on the 50-yard line or front row tickets to see your favorite band in person, Vivid Seats is here to help you. Vivid Seats is the top source for purchasing event tickets in the online marketplace. You can search for seats by section, row, and price, all in the Vivid Seats app. The in-app loyalty program, Vivid Seats Rewards, allows you to purchase tickets to any concert, game, or show and earn credit towards your next live event. Visit the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Do that and you're automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program. 
Every purchase is backed by 100% buyer guarantee. From sporting events to theater shows, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the Vivid Seats app and become part of their loyalty program today. You know what would make college football different if we walked out on the swamp on Saturday and someone was certified to do that and we were losing 41 to nothing to start the game? That would certainly change college football a lot, wouldn't it? Right? I, I was thinking about it off, like off the PGA Tour. I'm like, boy, if they did that, like the Tour Championship, like you walk in and you're already 10 under, like that'd be a crazy change to college football, wouldn't it? Make, make things interesting. That was Florida coach Dan Mullen discussing the Vegas odds for Saturday's game against UT Martin. An interesting proposal that he gave there. If Florida were to come out and be down 41-0 to kick things off against the Skyhawks, definitely would provide a lot more intrigue into that game. But I think most Florida fans expect the Gators to be up 41-0 at halftime of this game. Look, folks, this one shouldn't even be close. I'd expect the game a lot like the Idaho matchup last year. I think Felipe Franks comes off that performance against Miami. Has a big day against the Skyhawks. Will this be the first time he hits 300 yards in his career? I don't know if he'll play long enough to hit that mark. And if the Gators can get some defensive touchdowns, that might take away some series from Franks in the first team offense. But Florida should be able to cruise in the first half, get some backup players in for the second half, and allow those starters to get some rest before their first road trip of the season next week at Kentucky. As far as my score prediction, I'm going to go 63-10. I think Florida will jump out to a big lead. Maybe they do indeed get a first-half shutout, something along the lines of 41 to nothing. You're going to see a lot of action from the second and third team guys. Maybe UT Martin gets a chance to put together a drive or two against some of Florida's defensive freshmen. But after opening the season with a really tough contest in Miami... I really think the Gators are looking forward to this game, coming off their bye week, trying to iron out some kinks and some of the issues that they had in their first game so that they can make sure it's smooth sailing before they head to Lexington. Hugh Ramon's comments about UT Martin and some of the challenges that they'll present his players. Uh, great challenge for us uh, playing UT Martin. Obviously, I think they're, they're a very well-coached team. Know the coaches there well. Uh, they offer little different challenges. They're very, you know, kind of unique defensively, play a... a, a the three-three-five type of scheme that you don't see very often, so it's a very unique defense um, to get prepared for. They know the system they've been playing for a while, very aggressive team, uh, give you a lot of different things and looks on offense, so going to be a challenge for us. They, uh, they obviously, uh, you know, were a little bit, they came back, had a big win last weekend in their opening game, were behind and came back to win the game, um, you know, scoring Northwestern State 28 nothing in the second half. Uh, made a bunch of big plays. So, uh, but you know, also for us, I want to see. You know, are we taking the steps we need to to continue to move forward uh, and, and make our improvements throughout the year? So, you know, I want to see us. Hopefully, our preparation's better that this week than it was uh, for the Miami game, and that preparation translate to a little bit better performance on the field. And uh, you know, that we continue to see that steady growth that you always want to have throughout the course of the season. And when the Skyhawks visit the Swamp on Saturday. There will be a familiar face on the opposing sideline as former Gators defensive lineman Clint McMillan makes his return to Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. He is the defensive line coach and coach special teams coordinator for UT Martin. And he played for UF when Mullen was the offensive coordinator. He was part of the Gators 2006 national championship team and has since moved on to a career in coaching. And this will not be the first time that Mullen and McMillan have crossed paths since their days at UF. Mullen said this week that he's ran into him at a couple different coaching conventions. And just being a former player of his, they've had a chance to connect through the years. And Mullen even offer him some advice as he gets into the profession. So kind of a cool connection there in this game. 
McMillan spoke with a few different media outlets this week about what this means for him to come back to his alma mater and be on the opposing side. And as you'll hear in these comments from Mullen, this is something that he's actually experienced before when he came to the Swamp in 2010 with his Mississippi State Bulldogs and were able to get the win over Urban Meyer's Gators. And and gosh, that was such an ugly game, but a huge win for Mullen and a huge upset in the SEC. So Mullen has been in McMillan's shoes before And he also experienced it last year when he went back to Mississippi State. He did say, though, that MSU kind of gave him an advantage last season because they put him in the same locker room that he had when he was the coach for Mississippi State. They had changed locker rooms and put the team in a new one and made the one that Mullen was in the visiting team locker room. So when he went to Starkville last year, so when he went to Starkville last year, he kind of felt at home before the game and went out there and got a big win against his former team. Yeah, well, I see him coaching, you know, I mean, around, and you know, I mean, I'm, I'm the uh, uh, I've run into him at camps, so run into him out, you know, recruiting in the the, uh, the AFCA, American Football Coach Association convention every year. And, uh, you know, and it's text me because I love to see former players go out and, and have success in coaching. So uh, got to see it. And I'm sure it'll be a, a fun homecoming for him coming back and be a different feeling. I've, I've done it once. You know, where you come in and you're all of a sudden you're in the different locker room and you're running out of the different stadium, you know. Let's I mean he he ran out of locker room and took a left a lot. He's gotta take a right this time, you know. So As you heard Mullen say in the opening comments on this podcast, the Gators will honor Mr. Two Bits on Saturday. So I encourage all the fans this weekend to wear your shirts with the bow tie. When I was growing up in Gainesville, I could still remember going to games and seeing him all around the stands, doing the cheer and getting people hyped up. There's some big-time college football games going on Saturday, none more so than Clemson, Texas A&M, and LSU, Texas. An opportunity for the SEC to send a statement against the defending national champs and one of the top teams in the country in the Longhorns. I can't wait to tune into those games and see what those SEC teams can do. And as far as the two matchups, I like LSU's chances more so than Texas A&M. I think Jimbo Fisher has the Aggies rolling. I really like their quarterback, Kellen Mond. But that is a tall task for them to go to Death Valley and try and get a win on the road at Clemson with all the talent that they have. It was a really close and entertaining game last year, and I would expect the same on Saturday. But I think that the Tigers are going to find a way to pull it out. But I also think the Tigers are going to find a way to pull it out in Austin. I like LSU over Texas. They looked really good in their season opener, albeit against Georgia Southern. But Joe Burrow looks like he's found his groove at quarterback. The Tigers have a lot of pieces defensively. And I think that SEC speed is just going to be too much for Texas. I think it's going to be a great game as well, but I like LSU to pull that one out. That'll do it for today's show. When we come back next week, we will recap the Florida UT Martin game, bring you post-game comments from Dan Mullen and some of the players. We will review our five things to watch and see how the Gators fared in those areas. And I will also grade the Gators in their performance against the Skyhawks. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. Make sure you catch us next week on Locked on Gators, your team every day.